Welcome to the It's Morning in Africa podcast. The host of this podcast series is Jake Eduardo. He has almost three decades of experience in public policy and in the financial sector. He is currently the CEO of a major global bank in South Africa. This show is solutions biased to enable us to reimagine and build a better Africa with the benefit of hindsight and better knowledge. We need practical and innovative tools to get Africa on the move and to unlock its true potential. All views expressed on this show are personal views of the host and the guest and do not represent views of any corporate body or entities to which personal affiliations exist. Discussions on this show also do not constitute any form of market advice to be used as a basis for investment or financial decisions. Enjoy. Hi everyone. In 2020, the entire world was suddenly jolted into the reality of a once-in-a-century global pandemic. The COVID-19 pandemic is what I'm talking about. I remember as a child, my grandmother, whom we affectionately called Mami, talking about her experience during the 1918 influenza as a teenager. Mami was born in 1900. But Mami's account of influenza seemed so remote to us as children. Up until now, that is, until early 2020, when the world got a rude awakening, the COVID-19 pandemic struck and forced the entire world into a lockdown mode. And just as we thought we were seeing the back of COVID and the return to some normalcy, the Omicron variant, the Omicron variant has emerged and is spreading across the world at a very fast and alarming rate, threatening new restrictions on movement and on livelihoods once more. Not to mention social isolation and mental health challenges for many across the world. My guest today emerged as one of the heroes of 2020 during the pandemic by using his talent to bring smiles to people across continents. I'll come to that in a minute. It is that time of the year when we all look forward to taking things easy and spending time with friends and family. I couldn't think of a better time and occasion to interview my buddy for many decades and renowned London-based DJ, Mr. James Taylor. Welcome DJ JT or James Babyface Taylor. Also known as Johnny Matex. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you so much. I'm privileged and I feel very special to be be here. Nice to hear your voice and uh, thank you for inviting me. Great. It's my pleasure. 
Before we start, let me ask you, how did you acquire the name Johnny Matex? Oh, when we went to, you know, in, in Transformia, you know, first year, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed boys, we, um, we were thrown in the limelight, and there was a senior boy who was called Matex, and apparently, I looked like him, and so... They called me Matex, and that's it. That's how I got the name. Oh, I <laughs> Nothing see. Nothing special. <laughs> well, Nothing the Fansboom is the boarding school that we all went to many decades it's ago. It's the school. It's, it's, it's the school. Yes, it's yeah. the school. There's only one school, yes. Cape Coast, Ghana. And yeah. another thing, um, James, where yes. from that endless fountain of youth, how did you achieve that? What is the secret? What elixir are you taking and can you share it? I swear, I'm James looks like coach. he's 25. I'm not taking any potions, you know, I'm not drinking any secret drinks or, you know, there's nothing. But I, I, it's in the genes, I guess. It's in the genes, I guess. And also living a stress-free life, that, that helps. I think, you know, my granddad, you know, passed away at... 103, you know, going on to 104, you know, the mom is 85, she looks fit and well, you know, she's strong, she goes for a walk and she's out and about. So it's probably in the gene, it's in my mother's gene, I guess. Yes, but there's no potion on drinking. <laughs> okay, if you say that. Well, James, in, in, in my intro, I mentioned a profound impact you had on people especially yeah, last, last year um, yes, when we were did. all under lockdown and people were experiencing isolation, mental stress, and all the, and everything in between. And uh, you, you came up with an initiative and I want you to tell us about that initiative, which I believe yes. ra runs till today. I'm talking yes. about the Saturday night, and I believe you have other days that you also perform to audiences <laughs> around the world on, on social media. Um, tell us a bit about that initiative that made a big difference to so many people across the world. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for that question. Um, so just before... The lockdown kicked in. I think I had an idea that uh, the world pretty much would go into lockdown. Um, but I wanted to use the music, the medium of music, to still be able to reach people, to be able to bring people together. Because I had an I had a feeling that people will be isolated, and I just wanted to use a medium of music. And. Um, I had a friend, I have a friend called David Lagg, I'm sure you know, he's one of our, one of our mates, one of the boys. And we had a chat and he, 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 he literally, you know, dragged me out of bed and said, can you start? You know, I, I wanted, you know, to have certain bits of equipment. And he said, no, just start, just start something and we will support you. And he did. So I, I, it was an initiative that I, I could have, I wanted to do, but I got the support right from the get go. Um, and it was, it was a, something that just blossomed and grew and grew and got bigger and bigger, you know, basically on a weekly basis. And it was a pleasure seeing people who were sort of 
in your homes on your own. They couldn't go to work. They couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't see their friends. And they were coming on the platform and listening to music, the dancing in their homes and getting on the chat line and talking to people, making friends. You know, it was just, it was just a fantastic experience. And it has blossomed and grown since um, before the lockdown kick, kicked off. And we're still going stronger. And yeah, longer, long may it continue. Thank you. And James, what do you call that whole program? You have a name for it. What is it? It's called the Yanko Party Show. The Yanko Party Show. It's every Saturday, 9 p.m. UK time. Go live on Diversity Radio, www.diversityradio.org.uk. We go live on Diversity Radio Facebook page. We also go live on Mixcloud. And Mixcloud is probably the best medium, the best platform. Because Miss Cloud um, is a paid platform, and so we can pay, play any music. We don't have any copyright issues. We have a subscription that we play on that platform, so we can play any genre of music, any song, and it's uninterrupted, and people can watch and listen to music, you know, during the, for the duration of that period. Yes, it's fantastic. Yes, it is. And let me ask you this question. You know, there are very few people in this world who have... Well, let, let me rather phrase it this way. It's, 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 it's great to have someone that you can always call to find out about a particular song from the past. You, you just know the tune but can't remember who the artist is or the title. You're one of those few people that you can just pick up a call, pick up the phone and call, and you will get your answer. But I've always wondered when we were in school, how come you were always on top of the latest hits? I mean, this was pre-internet age. Um, yes, yes. Uh, it's not like today where everything's at your fingertips and the moment yes, the song yes, is released, yes. uh, you would know. So in that analog world where telecommunications was not developed, how did you keep pace with latest music and you always seem to know the latest hits and how did you do that? I've always I'll wondered. You, yeah. <laughs> I'll take you back to when I was in primary school. So we had a driver called Mr. Clones here and every day he picked us up, to, you know, my siblings and I took us to school and we'd always be playing music in the car and I always, always recall the songs. And there was something that my dad used to do every Friday. He used to take us to a clubhouse and there was a band that played called El Dorado's. And I would sneak up behind stage and I would, you know, crouch in the little corner. And I'd watch the band's men prepare to do this, to do shows. And I'd watch the guitarists and the keyboard, how they would sync the music and do it, do it uh, one set and then they try again and they play a song again and they start again and play it again and record and tune. And I was fascinated. So I was thinking, so how did these guys, so this is what happens before a song is played. So my, interest in music grew from very spots, probably six or seven or eight and so as i grew up my desire to listen to music and find out different songs and different artists genre of music it was very wide from a very young age but also i knew djs because i liked music i was just drawn to music i was drawn to djs and disc jockeys and radio stations i remember in france in school we were you know, when all the, the rest of the students have gone to, you know, to studies in the, in the, you know, in the, in the evening, 
um, I'll sneak up on, you know, there's a bit of damage you call pick up Parker, I'll sneak up to the rooftop with my friends, you know, you know, the guys who will have a radio. It will be, we will list you in the name to different stations. Do you know from Cape Coast in Ghana, we could pick up Radio Gabon? Can you imagine? From the rooftop in France, when we had France in school, our secondary school was on top of the hill. So maybe we had, you know, we had good reception from there. But I would listen to all these songs and then later on I'll track those songs and I'll find them and I'll listen to them. I'll write down the lyrics of the songs. I'll learn how to sing the songs word for word. Sometimes the students, you know, the seniors you know, in, the, in the school, when they had, you know, were told that I, I, I liked the music and I was into music, they would drag me into their dormitories and they'll say, hey, you, Taylor, come here. Do you know this song? Call it the gang. And I said, yes. And they say, bro, sing it. And, and I'll just start and I'll just sing my heart out. And, it's, and the seniors just loved it. But, you know, it's just my music started from a very early age, early age, where I learned to appreciate music. I think that's where my love for music, my appreciation of what goes into a song, that's where it started. And that's how it grew. I see. Secrets are coming out. I had no idea. Yeah, some, some, of, some, some of you were <laughs> climbing to the rooftop of uh, Picard Packard House oh, to, yes. to, to listen oh, to Radio Gabo. Oh, yes, we did, yeah. Which means you were not at prep. <laughs> Usually I was, but occasionally, yes, I was up on the roof. If you didn't find me, I was up on the rooftop listening to music. I yes. see, I see. <laughs> and when did you start DJing? When did you see that you had that talent? Let me uh, let me admit to you that the console, the DJ's console, hugely intimidates me when I see DJs <laughs> behind the console. And it must take special talent to be able to coordinate all that and make sense of all that. But to be to ordinary earthlings like me, it's it's hugely intimidating. Um, when when did you? see that you had that talent, apart from love and music, that you could be a DJ? What does it take, and what does it take to be a, a good DJ? It's, it's passion. You've got to have the talent, but you've got to have passion. You've got to know songs. And as I was growing up, you know, going into Form 1, you know, Form 2, Form 3, I knew, I had a big pool of songs. I knew the songs that people liked, the songs that people could dance to. And so I was even DJing at home, you know, with cassettes and whatever. I was, I would, I would take a, you know, a Walkman. I would take a Sony Walkman and I'll take another, you know, plays, you know, cassette player, and I'll play the two songs back to back, two tapes, you know, two mediums back to back, and just do mixing at home, just with my brothers and my siblings. And I remember going into secondary school, and because of my love for music, um, I kind of you know, got in touch with the entertainment prefect. And what the entertainment prefect was doing was giving me the responsibility to um, to play at the school records night. Can you imagine a boys' school with thousand wow. students? Wow. And, yes, and a, a Form 3 student being given the task of playing. And I loved it. I, I looked forward to it. And I remember my very first time I played... And at, at, a, at, a, at a record night, I, I was given a, you know, a certain amount of money. I went into town. I went to see a few DJs in town. Got speakers here and there. We were literally carrying speakers, you know, on the Kotokraba Road, going into the school. Right. I set it all up. Yes, I set it all up. And, 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 and the students started trickling into the assembly hall. 
And it's like, this is it. This is it. This is my moment. I, yeah. And I enjoyed it. There was no fear. There was no fear in me. I just, I just loved the occasion that finally I'm about to play music to my friends and my family, my, my, my friends and the, you know, my, my, my colleagues, school. my school, yeah. the whole school. Wow. It was brilliant. I'll tell you one interesting thing. Because we were using cassettes back in those days, we didn't have, you know, the headphones to play a song and recorded it and, and try and find the beginning of the song. No, you just had a pen. You really? put the pen into the cassette, yes, and you roll it and you, you knew, just by looking at it, where the next song is. How? And we knew what to Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And do you yeah. remember some of the hits that you played that night? That first oh, night? Oh, dear. I played, uh, I played some Michael Jackson. I remember playing some Michael Jackson. I remember playing your stuff like Ring My Bell and, you know, Commodores. I played um, Lakeside, you know, Keep On Moving Straight Ahead. Those songs were the hits. Ruffle Cameron, these were the songs. Um, Third World, Now That We Found Love. Those songs, I played them and looking at, you know, stand, I was up on the stage and looking at the students all dancing and enjoying it. I think I got the bug from that moment. That you was got the bug, huh? Yeah, I got the bug for that are moment. You, thought, are yeah, you I able to play any of them right now? Any of those songs Absolutely. that you played that that night? Take us down memory lane. <laughs> of course, why not? Please, um, please oblige which one, us. Which one? Uh, okay, let me play... Let me play. Which song would you? Would you any any of the songs from any, that night? Any any the one okay. that gives you the most nostalgic memories from that night. Right, there's a song recorded in 1981 by a group called The Lakeside. And there's a song called "Keep On Moving Straight Ahead." This is one of my all-time classics. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I really, I really love to play. To play. Yes, I, I remember. I remember it very well at Records Night. And t- tell me, James, um, how do you, as a DJ, how do you keep the crowd or the audience engaged and hooked on? What do you look out for? I mean, I've been to events where People say the DJ killed the night. I, I hope that has never happened to you. But what what do you look out for? How do you get the audience to be in a frenzy and be excited and be on the dance floor? What, what are the secrets of the trade, if you can share them? Of course, of course. 
when I go to an event, be it a club or a party, I always spend a moment or two to just have a conversation with the guest. Not to talk about music, just to familiarize myself. Just to introduce myself and you know, say, you know, how, you know, how you doing? How far did you come from? Are you related to the person? Enjoy the enjoy the party or enjoy the you know enjoy the night that sort of thing. Just familiarizing yourself with the with the with the, with the guest. There's another thing I also do that when say let's say it's a dinner party, say it's a wedding or a birthday party, people are eating and stuff like that. You kind of play music and you sort of dip through the different genre of music, knowing sort of the age group. You will have a feel of the music that the majority of the guests would like. So when you play certain songs, you get a vibe, whether you're eating or having a drink or relaxing, you kind of have a feel of what you would play later in the night. Obviously, before the event, you talk to the, the clients, you say, What's, what kind of music do you think your guests would appreciate, would like? They will tell you. But on the night, it's also quite important, which is what I do, is I also talk to the guests. But I think that over time, because I've played, done a lot of events, I sort of have an idea what songs would work. And so when I start playing songs and they respond to it, I know how to take them probably in the next few hours um, to keep them dancing and engaged. Yeah. What are some of the cues from the crowd that tells you that you've you've hit the right note with them? Oh, they'll, they'll scream, they'll shout, they'll, they'll, you can see it, they will, they will tell you. The, the crowd, they will tell you. The response from a song will tell you you're on the right track so take us there so if you're playing say Afrobeat and you're enjoying a certain genre of Afrobeat you'd know that for the next hour or two what to play if you're playing say 90s and you drop a couple, couple of tunes and they respond to it you know where to take them so it's it's about being very alert you don't just keep your eyes on the controller you play a song and you're looking left and right you're looking at the audience not staring at them but you you kind of have a peek at you know, have a look at the response, how it's going. You'll be able to tell. And nine times out of ten, because I've, like I said, because I've played so, for so many events, I know what works pretty much. Yeah. I see. And you, you've talked about how technology has, has evolved uh, from back in the yeah. day um, to yeah. the, the kind of very sophisticated consoles we have, which I said hugely intimidates me. Um, <laughs> how how do you keep up with technology? Is it um, does it come to you naturally, or you you learn from someone, or how, how does it work? How do you keep pace with 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 technology? I think technology is great. I think technology is absolutely wonderful because gone are the days where before you you, you can do an event, you have to have a a massive truck and carry massive speakers and you know bags and bags and containers of records mm. you don't you don't need that anymore you have portable dj controllers that you can use as a mobile dj you have speakers that are you know 12 inch woofers and 15 inch woofers and they can play very loudly and cleanly in a in a fairly sizable venue mm. so so in terms of the 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 technology it's made it's made things easier it's made you know i can go to an event and and i can have all the equipment a couple of speakers dj controller a couple of lights all in my car boot and i'll still be able to go and perform and do a great show so it's made things a bit more minimal which is which is which is nice but it still comes down 
to the DJ. I'll tell you a little story. So there's, um, there was, uh, this is quite, quite a while back. But I was in, I was in entertainment. When I left to France, I went to uh, Palm Secondary and I was, um, I was, uh, at the entertainment prefect when I was, in, when I went to sixth form. And, um, we, we had a fountain. That's my hometown, you know. Uh, Palm. It's a beautiful town. That's my hometown. I didn't know you went there. So, yeah, I went to a pub. Yeah. And um, we had a fun fair and I invited, you know, a, a group, of, you know, sound system to come and to do, you know, the, 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 the fun fair. And, you know, they, they turned up with this huge, massive truck and, you know, bags and bags of records and huge, massive speakers stuck in it up, stuck in it up. And they, they, they played, but the students were not really... They were not really that moved. And then in the evening, we had a little disco in the night, in the evening. And there's this guy called DJ Makumba. It's called, he lives in Canada. He used to play in the nightclub in, in, in Osu. At Osu, okay. um, the, um, the, uh, the club called it, um, DJ Makumba. He's one of the guys that inspired me, okay. um, taught me a few things in DJing. And he turned up and he had the smallest bag. And I was asking him, so where's the rest of your stuff? He said, no, 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 that's it. That's all I've got. And that was probably one of the best parties I've ever been to. It was amazing. And that taught me a lesson. It's not the size of equipment. It's not how massive or complex or complicated your equipment is. It's about you, the DJ, and your skill and your ability to know what songs to play, when to play it, and how to play it. Wow. And let's take us back to memory lane as we... Our last days in Cape Coast. Um, do you remember? Yes. What were the hits in 1984? 1984. Um, I'll have to go back into my archives, if you like. <laughs> sure. But there were I a think few songs. Our mates will... It will certainly invoke... Uh, some pleasant memories for class of 84. I think yeah. um, What Do I Do by Galaxy was one of the popular hits in Absolutely. 1984. Yes. And the dance then was Mezap. <laughs> do you have it? What do I do? Yeah. By Phil Ferron and the Galaxy. Yes, that's right. What, what memories does it bring to you? The memories the song brings, bring, the song brings, is being at 
Big Apple, I which knew. is a nightclub that we all use. I knew you'd say that. We all used to sneak into Big Apple. I knew you would um, I will sort of tiptoe into the DJ box. The DJ there at the time when this song was about, I think it was Alapo. That's I right, Alapo. Alapo, yes. Alapo, Alapo, right. yes. So I was thinking to the DJ box and sort of flip through the records. Yeah, I know the song. Yeah, I know that song. I wouldn't play because, you know, it weren't meant to be there for starters. But I would, you know, I was always gravitating towards the DJs. I was always interested in the music. I would go to the club for the music, but I also went to sort of socialize with the DJs and I listen to what they play and how they play and what makes them tick and their favorite songs. I was just fascinated. DJs was my, was my thing. Yeah, would, would, so. you, would you agree to this, James, um, that 1989 was a vintage year for hits? Um, I remember that was the year that um, Back to Life by uh, um, Soul to Soul. Soul to Soul. Yeah. Uh, um, a whole lot of hits came right 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 on time uh yep. did pump the jam come that year as well i'm not sure i have to i mean there's millions of songs millions and millions of songs but, but so i have to really it sounds to me like it's one of the vintage years for hits would you agree or the way better vintage years than 1989 as far I as the 80s, hits concerned i think the 80s were generally a great genre of music. The music played in the in the in the eighties was sort of funk, you know, with an R and B twist. You know, the songs were good quality. I'm sorry, these songs are still played. Yeah, I and agree. yes, I and so that era, that eighties era, was very very special for to myself in terms of enjoying and and my my, my music. And my taste in, in DJing, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's before it. before we move into the nineties, so what would be your all time eighties best song? My all time eighties best song. Yes. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a difficult one. There's a few. There's a few. Um pick one. There's a song pick one. Okay, so Fatback Band, I found loving, I love that song. Can you play it?
that would yeah. be one of your all-time greats. Yeah, that's yeah, my all-time greats. I was going to ask you who inspired you as a DJ, but you've already mentioned DJ Makomba. Anybody else inspired you as a DJ on the London night scene? <laughs> um, there, was, there were a few people that have inspired me over the years um, in terms of, you know, DJing. Um, I would say that uh, DJ Makumba, he usually played the uh, Makumba nightclub in, at, um, in Ghana, Accra. Also, DJ Cambodia. Oh, yes. Um, who, yes, Cambodia is also a fabulous, fabulous DJ. And I owe him a lot. I mean, he doesn't sort of DJ anymore. But when I came to London, he kindly gave me all his albums to record just to sort of kick off my DJ career in the UK. And I really owe, owe him a big thank you. I mean, he knows I, how much I appreciate that gesture. Because not a lot of DJs would do that. They might give you a record or two, but he gave me everything. Um, he even gave me a turntable and get put a new style as the man and asked me to just go and record and take my time when I'm ready to bring it back. And I thought that was really nice. And that is what I used to kick off my DJing career in the UK. There's another DJ that I also have um, who's no longer with us, um, DJ Bash. Um, he also is at, at Kanda Club Kanda, 10. yeah, I remember Kanda, Bash. Yeah, yes. Bash, yes, Kanda Club 10. He's not with us anymore. But um, he also, he's also one of the guys that I um, kind of... I influenced me and supported me and I kind of learned quite a lot of things um, you know from DJ Bosch um, but in terms of support you know I've had a lot of support from 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 different people some people I've grown up with some people that I just sort of met you know in, in recent years but the one person that has Backed me 100% is a guy called David Larby. I call him DL. And he has been such an inspiration. And he has moved mountains for me. He's, he's, he's you know, promoted me. He's told the world about me. He's, he's always sort of coming into the studio, supporting, helping out. And he's just been absolutely phenomenal. And I think everybody needs, you know, one somebody like him. You know, I remember going when we were growing up in Ghana, in my first early days of DJing, I would go to his, I remember going to his house, borrow his, his speakers to do, to, to go and do a party. And, and I blew the speakers. I blew, <laughs> I blew the speakers, you know. I blew the speakers. And yeah, I, I told him I'd blown the speakers. Those were yeah. the days. <laughs> those were the days. I blew the speakers. But the interesting thing is, he wasn't even cross. You know, him and his brother, they just laughed at me. Him and his brother also, they, they just laughed at me and told me about to go and fix it and bring it back. Because <laughs> they just wanted me to do well. Yeah, yeah, David and is like, a great guy. Big shout out to David Labi yeah. and to DJ Cambodia, wherever you are. Yeah. Um, thank you for inspiring our friend um, James Taylor to the heights he has reached today. Um, and as you DJ, James, you are making other people happy, but what makes you happy? Well, that's a very, very interesting question. What makes me happy? 
I try to live a very stress-free life. I try to live a very peaceful, calm life. And I think when the cameras are off and, you know, the lights are down, the lights are off and everybody's gone away, I don't listen to much music at home, you know. Oh, really? Quite as, yeah, I don't listen to much music at home. I will sort of spend probably an hour or two every week listening to some of the new songs and sort of tweaking my library, my music library a bit, you know, rearranging songs and folders. Maybe if I've got an event, I'll sort of make sure that certain songs are there and available. But I very rarely listen to music at home. I might listen to music on the in the car, maybe Capital, Capital Extra, and you know, in the car. But I very rarely listen to music at home you wouldn't find you don't come to my house and i'm dumping music gladly there it's it's very quiet i'll probably watch an arsenal um <laughs> please 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 don't get me started <laughs> i know i know i know i, 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 I promptly <laughs> i promptly turned off the tv on 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 on, on, on wednesday night was it no, uh, tuesday night it was, it was tuesday night M- monday night yeah. sorry i i is it monday night monday yeah. night with the, at everton yeah i yeah. Pro- promptly turned off the tv Yes, yes, mm. yes. We are, yeah, we're not doing that great. I mean, no. we were brilliant one day and then we are just yeah, very hopeless I think, the next. But. I think we are deviating, but I think they lack a certain confidence that why should they be scared because they are 1-0 up and um, they should have gone on to seal their march instead of becoming defensive. But uh, it's, 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 yeah. It's, it's, yeah, we've been in perpetual agony since 2005. But um, James, tell me. Yeah. So, yeah. when you listen to music, what what makes you pick a song as a great song? Is it the lyrics? Is it the the tunes or the melody? Is it the um, instrumental work? I mean, what does a DJ like you look out for in picking a song that you know? This is a great one. Yes. Uh, that's a very good question. Um, every song has a rhythm. There's a rhythm. There's a vibe in, it, in, in a song that when you hear it for the first time, some, most songs will sort of hit you instantly. Some songs grow in you. But... Like I said before, because I've listened to I've listened to songs from a very early age. I've listened to you know lots and lots and lots of music. I can tell when I hear a song if that song will go on to become a big hit or not. Sometimes I might get it wrong, but most of the time, when I hear a song, I can tell that it's a good song and it will, it will go on to do well because it comes. Every song has that has a rhythm, has a, has a vibe to it, some energies of energy that comes through in, in every song that, that I listen to, a song that I hear. And sometimes I can listen to, I listen to pop sometimes, I can listen to reggae sometimes, I listen to, you know, a bit of jazz sometimes, I listen to different types of music, different genre of music. Mm. And every song has a different energy and a different vibe to it. But that rhythm is there, that catchy rhythm, that hits you you know when they say they say when it, when the music is when it hits you you feel no pain that you know every song has a certain vibe about it and so i i can you know i can i can tell some way somehow if a song would be a big hit or if, if people would enjoy it when i play it 
Okay. Yeah. Let's go back to the 90s, James. Um, which is your favorite? Yes, why not? Which is your favorite all time for the 90s? I which think song is my favorite all time? It's the 90s also that um, there was a kind of reawakening across the African continent where we began to celebrate our own. Yes. And we began to see the emergence of homegrown music begin to dominate yes. uh, the yes. nightlife. And, but you, you tell me, I mean, <laughs> you are better informed than I am on these matters. Whoa. Yes, there. There is a song by Reggie Rockstone called okay. "Keep Your Eyes on the Road," okay. and it's a remix of a, of a classic seventies song. Um, but and it's, it's a song called "Keep Your Eyes on the Road." Um, okay. But what the guy that played the original track in, in the seventies was a guy called Elijah Catherine Pong. Oh yes, and I think I remember was, that. Yes, do you have it? Yes, the song. I'm sure I'll be able to drive No, it I mean, Reggie Rockstone's, I believe you are talking about Reggie Rockstone's. Um, Reggie Rockstone's song, yes. I do okay. have it and I'm about to play it now. Reggie Rockstone is a, is a hip life artist in Ghana. I believe with that song, he spawned a whole industry of yes. hip life, which has gone on yes. to big things and I guess has assumed global proportions since then. Does it make you proud as a DJ to see homegrown music from Africa begin to big waves on the global stage? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we, I'm a member of uh, Ghana DJs Forum in the UK called Gabna, and there's so many DJs, wonderful, brilliant, talented guys, very knowledgeable guys on that forum. And we do discuss over the years, we do discuss you know, about how our music can be you know, sold to the world, if you like, for want of a better phrase. Mm. And we talked about how we can market our music, mm -hmm. you know, our brand of music. And so it was very fascinating, you know, for artists like looking Promise and Sarkozy and even the, the new guys that play the, you know, the American guys that play, you know, the, 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 the trap music and the, they, they, they take the music to another level and 
it's it's brilliant, fantastic to 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 you know to capital extra and the plane, you know, second sermon and you know you know, one of these guys from you know, the artists from Ghana and, and they are going commercial not commercial, but they're going global now. You know, some of the music is being played in different countries and different radio stations. I think that's fantastic. It puts it puts the music on the map, it puts the artists on the map as well. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I remember going for an after party of an event in in Cape Town. This was a world before COVID, after the World Economic Forum in Cape Town, and there was an after party, yeah. and um, I can't remember who the artist was, but it was a Nigerian artist, and I tell you, the whole place went wild, wow. you know, it just went wow. wild, and it gave me great pride to see that we are beginning to celebrate our own, unlike yeah. prior years or prior decades, 70s, 80s, and even part of 90s where we never celebrated our own. So I think kudos to all of you for giving it prominence because, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like African music now fills the floor more than um, music from elsewhere in the world when it used to be the other way around when we were growing up. Yes, I, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a blend. I think you can play, you know, you can play, you know, yeah, our, our American artists, you know, R&B, hip-hop guys at the party and sort of blend it with, you know, a, a whiskey or a Kim Promise or a or or, or a Kitty track. And and it wouldn't sound out of place because the, the the energy is pretty much the same. The vibe is pretty much the the, the, the same. The delivery is even pretty much the same. Mm. The language might be sort of tweaked a little bit, but it's it's music. And when it hits you, once you feel it, I mean, there's songs that I I, I don't even know the words, but I still enjoy it anyway. So Amazing. it's it's a great thing. It's a great thing that music is crossing borders and people from different parts of the world who may not have had the pleasure of enjoying, you know, Afrobeats or Ghanaian music um, or African music, if you put them, you know, for that matter, they have an exposure to it and they're listening to it and enjoying it. I think that's fantastic. Take us back into your, let's go back into your DJ's booth and on a, <laughs> <laughs> on a, on a typical night. No, because I'm asking because I think it's one of the coolest things uh, a person can do. I mean, coolest professions so yeah. on a night where you've got a crowd in a frenzy w what's going on in your mind behind the glass screen and um how do you pick people you shout out to do people lobby you that james um remember to shout my name or acknowledge me or you you, you pick do people lobby you or you pick randomly or how, how does it work I think that regardless of your proximity to the to the crowd, to the people who are dancing to do your music, you still have to be connected to them mm. in one way or the other. There have been times when I'll play I'll play a song and I'll I'll jump on the dance floor and just dance with whoever and then go back on the decks again mm. because it's 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 my way of connecting with the crowd so we're not isolated. If you if you you know far away from the crowd, maybe you can't get too close to them, 
you acknowledge them, you talk to them. When I do radio shows or maybe I play in venues where it's big and I'm, I can't really sort of move out of my area into the crowd, you, you call people's names, you acknowledge people. Most events will have people whose, you know, birthdays are there, maybe it's people's anniversary, people are there celebrating. Maybe they've got promotion at work or they've, you know, bought a new house. Could be anything. They're out with the girls, out with the boys, celebrating a special night out. You acknowledge them. And the interesting thing is once you acknowledge one or two people, other people will come forward and say, can you acknowledge my friend? She's celebrating her birthday. Can I acknowledge my friend? It's his birthday today. Can you acknowledge this person who came from, you know, Kuwait? He's come to spend a few days with us and he's here. Mm. So can you acknowledge them? And that, that's the way of connecting with the, with, 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 the, with the audience. It's very important to acknowledge people because people have taken their time to be there for starters. And you're, you're, you're entertaining them. So you entertain them with your music, but you also entertain them with your form. And you, appreciate, you let them know that you appreciate them for being there. And also for even just enjoying your music. That's special. That's very special. Oh, so people love it when you acknowledge them. Oh, absolutely. I think, it's, I think it's very important because they could have been anywhere. They could have been anywhere. They could have, you know, there's a thousand and one things people could do in their homes or, you know, on a, on a regular afternoon or evening. So for people to take their time off to, to come to your event, that's, that's special. Just being there. So you just acknowledge them. Some people don't want to be acknowledged. That's fine. But if there are any personal persons that are at the event that, you know, would like a mention or two, it's very important that as a DJ, you connect with the audience. The whole idea is that you're connecting with the audience, you're connecting with your friends, you're connecting with the people who are enjoying your music by acknowledging them through the music and also through words. That's special. Mm. That's special. So, James, I know that in the world of arts and entertainment, and I don't know how many people are familiar with this term, improvisation, but, yes. you know, there, ca there can be surprises. Things don't always go the way you want. Um, yes. Do you have... Are there occasions where you have to improvise and... How do you do it? Can you share a story where you've had to improvise? <laughs> um, it's improvise. Sometimes you, you you have to improvise. Okay, say you go to an you play not at an event. You're expecting X amount of guests. You're expecting to play this genre or that genre of music. When you get there and you start playing, you could find that the the guests there, the audience, the crowd there. They want something completely different. And so sometimes it's important to go to an event with a blank sheet. Even though you're, 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 you have an idea what you're going to play, you have to have a bit of everything. Just in case, you have to switch from one genre to another. So you don't go to, let's say you're playing at, uh, somebody's, uh, somebody's uh, say, let's say 40th birthday party. And so you kind of look at it like, oh, for 40th birthday, I'm going to be playing this kind of music. Or as a wedding of uh, maybe a couple of this particular age and so they would like this they may not like it they may like something completely different and so that's where improvisation comes in you have to be able to think on your feet and say that you know make a decision real quick to know what the the crowd wants and 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 give them that sort of music you have to judge the way they respond to the songs as well and then blend it accordingly you've got to think on your feet Mm. Yeah, and uh, you know, as a DJ, you got to be, you know, as you're playing the songs, you're looking at the crowd. You're playing the songs, you're looking at the crowd. 
What, um, do, what do you look at? Is it facial expression? Is it body language? Is it body movement? Uh, what are the cues you that the, you, you look at to tell you, hmm, I've got to do some improv here and there to, 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 to change the mood in the place? You, you kind of look at it. Okay, first you see how, you know, when you play a song or a couple of songs, you see which, you know, how many people are getting up to dance and you kind of stick to it. And then, but you still watch, see if you've, you, you are getting everybody or whoever is, is supposed to be on the floor is on the floor. But you also look at, um, the facial expression. Some people will be singing along with it. Some people will be getting very excited over it. So you know you're on the right track. If you're not on the right track, you've got to switch it really quickly and, and, and just play what the, play what the crowd wants. You, 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 you think on your feet. And I think that because I've played so many events for quite a long time, I've kind of perfected the, the art of um, knowing what songs to play and when to play it and how to play it and how to, to change the music accordingly or keep the music accordingly. Hmm. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very, it's a, I think it's a learned skill. But I'll tell you an interesting, one interesting story. So I go to this party and... Um, I, I, I playing, you know, and uh, I think it was 50th birthday or something like that. And he had this, this guy had all his friends and you know family and so many people and they were dancing and the music was great and they loved it and they loved it and they danced and danced and danced. And right at the end, the man, the, the, guy, the birthday guy, was given a tribute and his friend, you know, took up the, the microphone and the guy was he was he was Asian, you know, he was an Asian guy. There's quite a lot of Asian guys who were his friends that grew up, they went to university together and grew up together. And he's, the guy took the microphone and said, you know, a special song, he wants a special song for his friend. I, I, could, I should play one Bangra song, one very good Bangra song. Now, if I didn't have that genre of music, it would have been okay, but that was the icing on the cake. So I quickly nip into my laptop, pull out a song, and I played it. And the whole place went to stack. All his friends were dancing through. Everybody joined them on the dance floor, and they had a fabulous time. But it's, it comes down to being having a, just a little bit of everything. You specialize in you know, certain songs, but it's, in, it's important also to have just a bit of everything, just in case you have to play a song that maybe you were not, Mm. you know, anticipating to play. And it's very, that that's a very, very important thing. That's one of the things I learned about always having a bit of everything and being able to think on your feet and sort of improvising as you go along. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to use this to ask you all the questions <laughs> I've always wanted to ask DJs. Fire away, S fire away. Scratching, <laughs> scratching records, is it real or it's contrived? It's, 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 it's real. It's a skill. You can learn it. I, I I don't scratch. I, yes, I don't scratch. I I've never even attempted or tried to learn how to scratch. But there's a, you know there are DJs that scratch. You know, there's a guy called DJ Nat. I love him so much, and he I call him the scratch master. He's brilliant. And does you it know, destroy? Does it destroy the vinyl record? Or no, 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 no. The, no? the stylus doesn't destroy it. No, no, no. Because we with the we can still scratch with with the, the modern DJ controller and still scratch with them. They, they scratch just like a, a record player. Oh, and so you, you can scratch. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a tool or computer generated or 
I mean, the one that we see them turn the vinyl record backwards and all that, is it real or <laughs> it's, it's just movie stuff? I mean, I don't know. No. But I, <laughs> it sounds nice, but it seems to me that it will be, you'll damage the record in the process. No, 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 no. I think that gives us a nice segue into asking you another question. Do you have your own uh, mixes or remixes uh, from um, songs that you like or, the, or your crowd or the audience likes? Have you done any such arrangements? Um, yes. Yeah. I, I did a a remix of a song. Um, so I'll play you the original and mm. then I'll play you the remix that I did. Now, the remix that I did, I just put a, I just put a little twist over it. Mm. Yeah. I just remix. I just put another song over the original one. So I'll play you the original and it's a song by um, a guy called uh, Kwamina MP and he's got a song called Kenke Stella. So, I'll play you the original Kinky Seller, and then I'll play you my my little twist on Kinky Seller. Okay. How's that? Sure. Right. That's good. Nobody physically boom, Malamante. See, I'm talking to you. Why are you fronting? Hello, Kinky Seller. Pretty mama. I like your chocolate color. Sell me, make I give you dollar. Make I give you dollar. Hello, Kenke Sala. What you selling? Kenke on your plenty bucket. I did like your creamy color. Tell me, make I give you dollar. Sometimes DJs, you know, you like to experiment, you hear a track, you want to do something, they give it a twist, but you don't sort of sell it or share it or commercialize it. It's just maybe for your own, you know, for your own library, if you like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I know mm -hmm. that um, your son is a chip of the old block himself in his own Yes, life. yes. How did yes. that come about? Did you teach him or he had the natural instincts or how did that how did that come about? So when he was when he was when he was little, when he was a baby, I used to take him to to, to parties. I'd play at a house party and I'll drag him along. 
And, you know, once you get to house party, some lady will just, you know, some mum or auntie will just take him away and for the rest of the night, he'll be fine. Well fed and watered and you pick him up at the end of the night for keep in the room somewhere. I also used to play music at home, um, go take him to Ghana, we listen to music, we go to live events, live pop music and stuff like that. And then one day, he said to me, Dad, I want to be a DJ. So I said, okay, well, what do you need? He said he needs a laptop, he needs you know, speakers, that sort of thing. So I, I gave it to him. I said, yeah, here you go, go and practice. And when you're ready, let me know. So he called me one day and said, when are you going to go? When are you going out to go and play? I want to come with you. So I took him along. Normally I play at the Gold Coast in London. So if he's London, I took him along. And the first time he stood behind a DJ controller and played, my jaw dropped. I said, where did you get that from? I've never taught you. I've never done any sessions with you. I've never told you to be a DJ. Where did you learn it from? His response, I learned it from you. So every time you played music, I was listening. Every time you took me to a, 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 a party, every time you took me to a live event, every time you took me anywhere, played music at home, I was listening. So now I want to play the music that I was exposed to when I was growing up. Now he plays hip life probably way more than me. But right. you see that when he, when he, when he plays, when he plays, he uses all, I mean, you were talking about how daunting the key, the, the DJ controller is and all the buttons and all the light. Yeah. He uses every single one of them and he doesn't miss a beat. He's way better, way better DJ than, than I am. And he's going to get better anyway. DJ AT. Yeah. What's Good. his name? DJ AT. Okay. That must make you a very you proud, a proud father. It is. It is. It's. Uh, it's. Um. It's very. It's a proud moment. I mean, one of my, the very first events that I did with him, where you know we're playing at a wedding, and I, I, I started. You know, I started the set, and I, and I stepped back and I said, "Kate, you know, do you want to play?" And I, you know, just do your thing, and he was fantastic. And I think two weeks ago we did a we did a birthday as well. We did some. Uh, birthday um, in West London and we, he probably played pretty much most of the music I was on the microphone you know talking on the microphone wishing the birthday girl and you know talking to the guests and giving shout outs and stuff like that he was on the decks and he didn't miss a beat he's way 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 better than me. he's a very good DJ and the world will hear of him DJ AT but it's, it's, it's interesting it's a proud moment like you know I've been, I've been a DJ and because of what I did you know, my son also is sort of following my footsteps, which, you know, kind of brings me to, you know, what you do. You know, our children, they, they see it and they respond to it. You know, if you, 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 you model the good things and the positive things, they yeah. model it. And if, and if it's not the right thing, they model it as well. So do, there you go. Do, that's do, that's beyond the immediate obvious appreciation of the crowd, do you feel yes. as a DJ that society appreciates you? I ask this question because for me, people who bring a smile to people's faces, to me, are, are special. They're, they're special. Um, they are a special breed of, of humanity. It's not everybody who has that talent. To, to to bring a smile to someone's face. And let's face it, there are a lot of problems in this world. And when someone can give you an escape or something, 
that person or that activity is to be appreciated. Do you feel society appreciates you and what you do as a DJ? That's a brilliant question. So before I did my very first live stream, which is before the lockdown, mm. I prayed. And my prayer was to ask God to use me mm. to bless the nations. I literally went on my knees and prayed. Right. And that's, and that's exactly what happened. So when I do what I do, I'm not doing it for man. I'm doing it for God because I asked to be used to bless the world. Right. Through, my, through the music. Because if I focus on what people would appreciate or not appreciate, I can get derailed. But because I'm doing it for the supreme being, I'm doing it for God because that's what I asked to do. No barrier, no challenge can overcome me. No, no put downs. I mean, I don't get a lot of put downs, but you know, not everybody would like you. Not everybody would appreciate you. Mm. But my focus is knowing that I'm doing this for God because that's what I asked in my prayer. And so the inspiration and the energy. Sometimes I'll, I'll go to work, I'll do so much out there and I'll still go into the studio. And when I stand behind the controller and I play four hours nonstop, I don't know where the energy comes from. I'm full of energy. My energy level is at a very high level and I play the music and I talk and I dance and I, yeah, I'm in the mood. When I finish, Maybe the titans will creep in after. But my energy level, it just comes from... It, I don't know where it comes from. Hmm. But in answer to your question, because I know that I'm not doing this for man, because man can let you down. That's true. Man can dis discourage you. But because I know I'm doing it for God, I'm doing it for his music, for God, it doesn't, you know... The, the, the appreciation I get is I just cherish it so much. You know, people will, will call and text and and send me messages and, you know, say thank yous for, you know, doing what you do and stuff like that. I, I, I appreciate it. Every single person that sends me a message or tells me how much you appreciate it. I appreciate it. And some people also criticize. Some people say, well, I didn't like how you did this. Or I didn't like how you did that. You got to take you on board. The people that are saying yes, the people that are saying no, you listen to them and appreciate and acknowledge them equally. You have to. It's important. And it's all part of the journey. They're all part of the journey. Okay. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yes, it does. In a, in a profound yeah. way, I didn't think of it uh, along the lines of what you just said. But what you said is very, yeah. is very profound. Another, yeah. another area of curiosity that I have is sequencing of songs. Um, yes. How do you know how to sequence songs is it a skill is it is it based on how one song ends and how one song begins what is the art or the science of sequencing songs as a dj is it just no, by your instinct or how, how do you decide the sequencing 
Okay, so music is, um, is you can break down music into, say, BPMs. With the BPM as in beats per minute. Okay. So if you're playing songs maybe in the genre of maybe 105 to 110 beats per minute, the tempo will be quite similar. You can't go from a very fast song and drop down to a slow song and then back to a fast song. And right. it's kind of a bit confusing. So you can play by using the BPM. Also, you can use something called the key, the key of the song. So mm -hmm. the keys are, I wouldn't bore you with the terminology of it, but songs are also... Um, recorded uh, and, and stored in, in key. So if you play a 6A song and you follow it with a 6A song, another 6A song, it will blend seamlessly. You can mix it also with it. Maybe and, like, and, yes, and now do will, you know these things? Does your console tell you? Or it's the, the, yes, the, 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 DJ, the, the, the DJ software that I normally I use at the moment, oh, it, okay. it will tell you the BPM and it will tell you the key. Oh, wow. And so you have an idea. Yeah, <laughs> you have an idea. Wow. The songs, yes. So the modern technology makes, it makes um, you know, mixing pretty, pretty easy. But it's funny, the interesting thing about DJing is that it's, it's like cooking. I mean, you can give two people exactly the same ingredients to cook a meal and it will come out differently. Right. And you can give two people the same songs to play and they'll play differently it comes down right. to taste it comes down to expertise and how they think or feel about the songs and it will come out differently all the, 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 the you know the way a dj will play will be quite different from another dj but pretty pretty you know in a nutshell it will be down to the bpm playing within the bpm and also using the keys to do the mix a lot of dance artists dance djs dance djs and um the love DJs, I don't believe the names, but a lot of DJs have perfected the art of using playing with a key, and they can play with a key for hours, and it sounds very seamless from one track to another track to another track because you're playing in the key. It's almost like the same song. I see. But it's just the key. I didn't yeah, realize. BPM, I didn't realize there, the there was a science to it. You've really. Oh, there is. You've there really is. educated me. James, um, <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I didn't know all that. <laughs> so get yourself a DJ controller and start DJing. Yeah, next time I told you. Next time I'm in London, uh, I'll come over for, to, to, to have some, some some lessons with with, with you. But um, why don't you play us something? I mean, what what, did you, what would you like to? Uh, share with us in the spirit of the mood. I know that um, London has just announced um, further stringent measures because of COVID, and uh, it's probably making people upset. Yeah. Uh, what can you play to lift the mood? To lift the mood. Yeah. There's a there's a song by the brand new heavies. It's called Bernie Heavy. It's called You've Got a Friend. Mm -hmm. But I just love the words to the song. Um, I'll just play it and then we'll, we'll see how it goes. Okay. It's called You've Got a Friend by the Bernie Heavy.
is a song that I play um, quite regularly, and I just I try to emphasize on the friendship bit. I play songs about love and you know togetherness, songs songs with meaning. Hmm. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. Another song that I also like to play is a song by um, a brand new heavy. Uh, uh, sorry, Sound of Blackness. Um, it's a song called um, Optimistic, and I play it because that song is loaded. It's loaded with love and beauty and sweetness, and it inspires and lifts you up. It doesn't matter where you are, it's, you know, where your emotions are, but at the time you should play the song Optimistic and sort of just listen to the words and the vocals. These are songs with meaning, songs that I love. The blackness. Maybe I've got one more song. I've got one more song. Yeah, yeah, I've got please, one more song. Please go ahead. James. I've got one more song, and it's um, an Afrobeat song um, by Sakodie and Prince okay. Bright. I had the pleasure of being in Ghana 2019, and um, I had the pleasure of being at um, Sakodie's yearly um, show, Rapaholic. And I had the best seat in the house. Um, and I watched him perform the song uh, live, which made me even love the song more. And everyone that sort of listens to my show, you know, this is my, one of my signature tunes, if not my signature tune.
What's Thank the you. title of this one? Ofecho. Ofecho. <laughs> you, you are too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a brilliant song. Absolutely brilliant song. Yeah. Yeah. Like. yeah. Well, in, in case you are listening to this podcast and you are wondering why I'm interviewing DJ JT for the It's Morning in Africa podcast series. Well, think no further. Sportsmen, musicians, including DJs, and people in the arts bring immense happiness and positive emotions to us. Personally, I respect and appreciate such people who are in these professions. They do their best to make us happy, even when they may not be at their best. And trust me, it is not easy to go out day after day, night after night to perform, to bring happiness and joy to others. We never stop to ask, but how do you feel yourself? James, do you always feel a beat on a night where you have to perform or Sometimes you are not at your best, but you still have to give your best. What is it like for you? Yes, yes. There's, there, there are times where I haven't been, you know, maybe coming up to the day, coming up to the events, a few things, whatever has happened, and maybe I'm in the best place. Mm. But the thing is, I know that I have a job to do. This is what I say to DJs who are up and coming. What I say to them is, do every DJ set as if it's your last. Mm. You don't do anything else. Do it, give it your best as if it's your last DJ set. Mm. And with that in mind, everything has to be put to one side. And once I get behind the, the controller and the microphone, I have to give my best as if it's my last event. There are times where, you know, I'm only human. There are times where, you know, there, 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 are, there are days that are, you know, the sun doesn't sort of shine as brightly as you'd like it to be. And there are days where most of the time, thank God, you're, you know, full of excitement and happiness and looking forward to doing an event or doing a show, doing a set. Mm. But there's those days where you're not really up for it or, you know, sometimes you can get behind the DJ controller and you play your first song and the second song and you're sort of slapping a bit, you know? And it's like, you just remind yourself, you got to put everything aside. You've got a job to do. Do it and give it your best. But thank God, I've you know I've, I have ways of self-motivating, you know myself, if you like. Mm. Um, sometimes I'll sort of drag myself, you know, to an event or drag myself behind in the studio behind the decks or whatever. But once we go live, once I start, I almost, almost like I switch into a different person. I'm, I'm in the zone. I call it zone, quote unquote. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And I stay in that zone however long the show lasts because you've got a job to do. The guests and the clients and the dancers and the people who are enjoying the party, they don't need to know whatever you've been, you're going through. Just be, you're just there to give them your music. No excuses. Just give them the music and entertain them. And you have to rise up to it. Well, after you can deal with it. Yeah. Sorry, Gun. Rise up to it indeed, James. And um, yeah. it's... I must say it's been such a privilege to to for you to give me a bit of your time. I know you are very busy particularly as we head towards the weekend. I know you're very busy. You know you're spending late hours in the studio just to have this interview and I want you to know that I really appreciate it and I'm sure the audience out there also appreciates it um i don't think i've listened to an extended interview with any dj ever <laughs> and i think it's the first time it's uh, but time. i think i've i've been well and truly been educated by you in terms of the nuance of, of of your trade and i want you to know that you are appreciated um Thank you. Keep up the good work, especially as possibly isolation, social isolation beckons again. Um yes. I think that's where people like you did a yeoman's job to help people. Did you did you miss the crowd? Even as um everybody was in lockdown and you were performing. Did did you miss the crowd? Yes, um, no. I I did miss being in close proximity with people and 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 talking and socializing but I knew that well, I had a job to do. Mm. I knew I had a job to do and I knew that it wasn't going to be um you know for forever. I knew there was there was a time limit to whatever we were going through and we just had to you know just had to be resilient and and stay focused on what what the job that was at hand and job was at hand was bringing people together through the medium of music because right. i knew that it was a time where we will get back together again okay and and then and, and and so yes it wasn't it wasn't too daunting it, it was it was something i looked forward to and enjoyed great. and enjoyed great uh, james um it's been a privilege once again and um I've hugely enjoyed this discussion and I hope that um we would have an opportunity again at some point in the future uh to talk more about this and I hope that um it will inspire people out there people who want to be DJs um young men young women who aspire to be like you um at the same time i also hope that you continue to bring joy happiness and smiles to faces of your team in fans and audience out there in the world across all continents um and um thank you very much for for this opportunity i've really enjoyed it and i'm sure the audience will also enjoy this Yeah, thank you so much for having me on board. I enjoyed every minute. Thank you very much. I keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you.
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share the podcast with your network. Also, remember to rate the podcast on your listening platform or visit the It's Morning in Africa Facebook page to leave your review and feedback to help us curate future content. Subscribe to the podcast and tune in again for another episode. This podcast has been produced by Kobe Duado. <laughs>